You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This has been a presentation of Radio.com Sports. Radio.com Sports presents Big Time Baseball, brought to you by the 2019 Mercedes-Benz A-Class. I'm Ben Davis, alongside well-respected baseball insider John Heyman. John, thanks for coming on today. It's great to be here, Ben. How are you doing? I'm doing great. we got a lot to discuss concerning the winter meetings, all the trades that went down, the managers that were hired. Uh, but each week, we'll bring you insight into the top storylines across Major League Baseball. Big Time Baseball is a part of Radio.com, which allows you to listen to your favorite radio stations for free, anytime, anywhere. Listen to over 300 stations and over 1,100 podcasts. You can follow Radio.com Sports on Twitter at RDC Sports, and be sure to subscribe to Big Time Baseball on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. John, we got a lot to get into. Uh, a lot of big moves went down over the winter meetings. Uh, the last couple of weeks has just been really filled with some huge names, huge signings, and a ton of money going around. Uh, let's start with with the, the, the most lucrative for uh, Garrett Cole to the Yankees, $324 million over nine years. Did you see this coming? I, I just, this blows my mind. Yeah, I mean, we I think we all saw the Yankees uh, coming, uh, along with the Dodgers and Angels. Those were the three teams that were heavily involved uh, right from the start. Uh, the $324 million we did not see coming. I think the Strasburg deal really set that up at $245 million. Once you get seven years for Strasburg, who's two years older, and frankly, while he's a great pitcher, not as good as Cole, not trending quite as great as Cole, trending well, but not as great as Cole, uh, you know, I think they were going to hold out for the nine years and the 300 plus million. I, I know that there was speculation early. Will he get 300 million? But I think once Strasburg got the 245 million, uh, we felt that he would get the 300 million plus. And boy, did he ever. Yes, he did. You think he'll be OK without the facial hair up there? In the <laughs> I, I think he'll be OK. I think he will be all right. Yeah, I'm not gonna, we're not taking up any donations or any sympathy. <laughs> this for is true. Uh, you look at this move and you really wonder how how much better does this make the Yankees? I think it obviously makes them a, a ton better. But does it really put them over the top? 
you're losing some pitchers uh, that, that the Yankees had last season. Tanaka is, I think, on his way out, uh, getting up there in age. That stuff really isn't there as much. I still think they need another top uh, top line starting pitcher to get to the ultimate goal, and that's another World Series. Well, this was obviously a big move. He, he, Garrett Cole was the best pitcher in baseball last year, no matter how we voted for the Cy Young. I think everybody understood that. Certainly by the end of the year, he was clearly the best in, in the best in the postseason. Well, Strasburg was pretty darn good in the postseason as well. Uh, this is what the Yankees were looking for. They were looking for an ace and they got him. And uh, frankly, uh, you, you mentioned Tanaka, and uh, of course, there's Paxton as well. Uh, it, it feels like uh, they may leave after the next year they're free agents in a year and uh you know i think this sets up the yankees to have a very good rotation or certainly the top of the rotation going forward they didn't really have a number one tanako is no longer a number one uh severino potentially be number one but i think at this point uh i don't i don't think you would say that he's better than any a number two uh, same thing with tanaka probably a, a two three and uh, Paxton, probably a two as well. Uh, the Yankees want to have the best. And, uh, you know, it felt a little bit like 2009 where they went out and got Sabathia, uh, Burnett, uh, Teixeira. Uh, they hadn't won in a while. Uh, at this point, they haven't won in a decade. And uh, they were determined to get Garrett Cole. And uh, they paid the price. But uh, I think everybody in New York is quite happy. It certainly uh, was reflected in the back pages and the front pages uh, in the New York tabloids. And uh, I, 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 you know, I think it might be greedy to go get another uh, number one type starter. Uh, there obviously are a couple of very good starters left on the market. I haven't heard the Yankees connected, but still eight teams looking for pitching, starting pitching that I know about. But uh, Keiko Ryu still out there. Uh, I'll be surprised if that's the Yankees, though. Yeah, John, do you think maybe this this past postseason, especially the World Series, makes teams – really start to look at starting pitching. I know it's 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 turned into a bullpen game. Starter gives you five innings, yeah. then the, the dominating bullpens come in. But if these bullpens get just taxed and they're they're exhausted, the starter only goes three innings, say, in the postseason, then you have to bring these bullpen guys. You think it's starting to give some of these front offices some pause when it comes to starting pitching? Yeah, absolutely, Ben. I think that uh, trend started to show in the regular season where for the first time in quite a while, decades, I believe, starting pitchers had a lower ERA than uh, relievers. And then you really saw it uh, illuminated in the postseason where the teams with the best top of the rotation got to the finals, the World Series, uh, Houston and Washington, uh, terrific uh, pitchers at the top of the rotation, Washington at the best depth, Houston the best top of the rotation with Cole and Verlander, who did beat him for the Cy Young. That was in my vote. I would have put picked Cole, but they're both very deserving. And uh, Washington with four excellent stars, all the way down to Annabelle Sanchez as your number four starter. Uh, Mike Rizzo, the GM, does a terrific job with pitching there, and uh, particularly with starting pitching. And uh, I think other teams are kind of going to school on that right now. Well, you talk about Mike Rizzo and, and the deal that they just signed, Steven Strasburg. Uh, seven years, $245 million. On a guy that has only thrown 200 innings twice in his career, uh, I know he had a tremendous postseason. I mean, he was really pitching. He wasn't just the you know the flamethrower that he came out of San Diego State. He was pitching. He was masterful with his fastball command. The changeup was it looked like a left-handed slider at times. It was that had that much movement. But do you think that Scott Boris and Steven Strasburg got the best of the Nats in this deal? Well, you know what? I 
that's the way it felt at the time to hear $245 million for a 31-year-old pitcher who has had Tommy John and hasn't really been exceptionally durable until last year. But, you know, timing is everything. That's point number one. Point number two, Rizzo has been fantastic with pitching. Uh, Corbin felt like it was an overpay last year. It uh, turned out to be worth every penny. Annabelle Sanchez felt like an overpay. turned out to be worth every penny. The Scherzer deal, one of the best free agent signings of all time. And Strasburg, uh, the first deal, 175, was excellent. The only flaw in that deal was the opt-out that allowed him to turn 100 million into 245 million. Um, Mike Rizzo's great at picking pitching. Uh, this deal, I believe, was done at the top, though, by uh, Mr. Lerner, the owner of the team, 93 years old. You got to give him credit for negotiating with Scott Boris at age 90 yeah. plus. Uh, it's an amazing man, and. Uh, you know, until uh, Stevie Cohn is approved by the Mets, the richest owner in baseball, we believe. And, uh, you know, they're going to throw their weight around. Still looking at Donaldson pretty seriously. We'll see what uh, transpires here. That could happen pretty soon. So uh, we may have a resolution as people are listening to this uh, recording. But uh, Washington certainly in there pitching for Donaldson as well. Yeah, another pitcher that was the first to go uh, in the market, and that was to the Philadelphia Phillies and Zach Wheeler. And I know here in Philadelphia, it was a big sign. In my opinion, next to Garrett Cole, if you want to talk pure stuff, I mean, he's free and easy. His fastball is 96.8, I think it sat at last year. He threw the, the second hardest slider next to Jacob deGrom last season. Uh, his slider was just under 93 miles an hour. Uh, but stuff-wise, I think the Phillies got a deal. I know, I know it's, you know, five years, $118 million, you can say, oh, wow, uh, what a deal. But I think before these other signings, I think Zach Wheeler could have demanded more money. We know that he could have gotten more money in Chicago, uh, but his wife is a Jersey native and wanted to stay close uh, to Philadelphia. And uh, I think the Phillies got to go in and Zach Wheeler, I think he's passed all the arm issues, uh, the, the injuries that he's had in years past. What's your take on the on Wheeler going to the Phillies? Yeah, I think this was an analytics signing. Uh, Philly had been mostly analytics or almost all analytics uh, until things didn't really develop last year. They brought back Charlie Manuel uh, to coach the hitters. They've changed pitching coaches. And uh, I think driven by the owner, very involved guy, John Middleton, who really wants to win. Uh, they've gone a little bit away from analytics, but this signing feels like analytics. Uh, you know, it's a spin rate velocity type signing more than a production. And, uh, they and many other teams feel, felt they could get more out of Wheeler than the Mets have. Wheeler has not been, uh, frankly, that durable. And he, considering the stuff, as you mentioned, Ben, uh, has not been that productive. And, you know, I, I me personally, I, I like the Bumgarner signing for $33 million less. Uh, you know, you can't be much more productive than Bumgarner. Uh, you know, we could talk more about that deal. That one, to me, was curious in that if you look at Bumgarner's record, uh, his uh, – his war is higher than Strasburg and Cole. His ERA lower than Strasburg and Cole. Now, Cole has a better ERA plus being in the American League the last couple of years. But, uh, uh, you know, I know that timing is everything and uh, analytics are huge and they worked against Bumgarner. But to, to me, that was the, the bargain so far. If we had a bargain, I think it was Bumgarner. I, me, I'm a little concerned about Wheeler. His ERA plus is 100, exactly average. So uh, I figured he was going to get 100 million. That seemed to be the way the trend was going. There's still many teams that are analytics heavy, as you mentioned. Chicago, Minnesota were in there pitching. Uh, teams love him, but I, you know, it was a split between the analytics people and uh, and the old school baseball people. And I guess maybe I lean old school baseball because uh, I'd rather have Bumgarner than Wheeler, particularly at that price. 
Yeah, you know, I, I just look at it, and again, I, I, I personally like the signing. I think if anyone could help him, it will be Brian Price, who the Phillies just hired as their as their pitching coach. I had Brian Price. He was our pitching coach in Seattle for three years uh, when I was there, and the man is is wonderful. He was, he's, first of all, he's a great guy, but he's so intelligent and knows how to relay what he knows to his pitching staff. He's not doesn't want to make everybody a robot, make everybody pitch the same. Uh, but I think if anyone can help Zach Wheeler to make me take that next step in his progression, it would be Brian Price. And I, I think it's a, it's a great signing for the Phillies. Well, with the addition of Madison Bumgarner to the Arizona Diamondbacks, you pretty have pretty much have similar lefties out there. You have fastball slider guys. Uh, you think maybe one of these guys, maybe obviously Robbie Ray, obviously Bumgarner is not going anywhere, but maybe Robbie Ray has some trade value now for the D-backs. Yeah, I would think so. Uh, he's been out there on the market. He was out there uh, at the trade deadline, and he was out there even before they signed Bumgarner. So I, I think there's a good chance that uh, he will be traded. The value is very high for starting pitching now. He's a free agent in a year. So, uh, you know, I think uh, uh, that's the kind of player that they would like to trade. And uh, I think that that is a, a good likelihood. They have several other young starters who are there for a while, and they're set up pretty well. I, I like Gallon in particular, but they obviously have uh, Weaver and Kelly and Young, and they're all young, not just by the name. But uh, so I think their staff looks pretty good uh, without even without Ray. And I think you can add to the mix of guys who could be out there. Matt Boyd also from Detroit is another guy potentially who could be dealt. Uh, it's possible the Mets steal someone. They they added uh, Waka and Porcello, so they could trade a pitcher, not going to be Syndergaard from what they say, uh, could potentially be Stroman. That's kind of my speculation, but we will see uh, to add to the uh, mix in terms of available starters. But uh, still many more teams looking for starting pitching than great starters available on the free agent market. We know that we have Keuchel and Ryu, two terrific starters, but even if you add three, four uh, guys to the trade market. Well, you know what? Looking for starting pitching right now. Uh, still, the Dodgers, the Giants, the Padres, clearly the Angels, the Twins, uh, the White Sox, the Braves, and potentially the Phillies. So you've got at least eight teams that are looking for starting pitching. And I think Arizona and anybody else who has someone to trade is in excellent position. Let's move on to some sticks that that were signed. Uh, Anthony Rendon was the biggest, I think, position player out on the market. I thought he was going to stay in Washington. Uh, I did not see this move coming with him going to the Angels, but you have the powerful punch in, in Anaheim now with Trout and Rendon uh, for the Angels. Yeah, no, I'm not shocked that he left Washington. I, I think uh, Mark Lerner, uh, Ted's son, uh, and one of the owners uh, made it clear that they expected to sign one of the two big stars and not both of them. They still were in there on Rendon uh, at the end, but uh, with all the deferred money, he was not going to go for that. Um, he was leaning away from them from their first offer. Uh, things didn't go particularly smooth in that negotiation from what I hear. And at that point, it looked like it would be Texas, and frankly. And, uh, you know, he is from Texas. He's from Houston. I understand that. And, you know, uh, I don't know that geography plays an enormous role in most of these signings, but I, I, I felt that he slightly favored uh, going to Texas, all things being equal. And Texas offered, from what I understand, $32 million, uh, maybe not the $35 million that L.A. had, but there's no tax in Texas. And uh, they, but they only offered six years. And uh, frankly, that was the difference there um, that uh, he got that extra year from Anaheim. He felt comfortable going there or Los Angeles of Anaheim, whatever you want to call it. And to me, it's still curious that he didn't want to go to L.A., but he's going to Anaheim, which is 45 miles down <laughs> yeah. I-5. Not that big a difference. Uh, but, you know, he, he made it 
clear after the signing that he's not into the Hollywood set. But I mean, you can, LA's a pretty big city. You don't have to live in Hollywood or West Hollywood if you're in, if you're in Los Angeles. There are plenty of nice places there, and you know, you, it's hard to predict these uh, things because you just don't know how everybody feels. But I I did feel that Texas had a good shot at him, and if they'd gone for the seventh year, I think they would have gotten him. Yeah, I thought that might be a good fit. Obviously, you know, him growing up in the the great state of Texas and uh, then moving into a new ballpark, uh, I think would, you know, that would really attract the fans even more so. The Corey Kluber signing obviously just happened. Uh, Kluber, you think, has anything left in the tank and getting over some of his injuries? Well, you know, I, one thing about Texas, they it didn't feel like they gave up a ton for him. I, I was frankly surprised that uh, – Cleveland picked up the option at a pretty steep price. I can't remember. It was 15 million, 16 million, something like that off of the injury that he had. It seemed to me like a risk, but they were correct because they obviously they were able to trade him and get pieces back for that for him. And, uh, you know, Clace, the uh, reliever, very talented fellow and uh, the shields, a speedy outfielder, which Cleveland needs to bulk up in the outfield. It seems like they've, they've been good, but needed that forever. Um, so they were able to get something for him. We know that they asked for Brandon Marsh, or that was reported from uh, the Angels, and it's clear why the Angels weren't willing to do that. Uh, he's much, much more uh, coveted than what they were able to get, but uh, the Angels are very top-heavy in their prospects. They have very great prospects but uh, they're not don't have a depth of, of prospects and that's why texas was able to get it done I, you know i think it's a risk it's not an enormous risk because you're giving up uh basically a singles hitting outfielder and a reliever uh to get him but uh, obviously uh he was injured basically all of last year and uh had arm questions in the past he, he's been a terrific pitcher for cleveland but uh you know i think it's a low risk uh for texas potentially you have an ace potentially you have a guy who's going to have health issues. So, uh, I mean, it could go either way, but at least they did not give up a ton for him. Yeah. You know, look back at the three biggest names in Cole and Rendon and Strasburg, which, what do you think has the most upside and what do you think maybe is not going to work out the way the team wanted it to work out? Yeah. I mean, I think Cole has the the biggest upside. Uh, he was incredible into last year, a fantastic pitcher. Uh, the Yankees obviously have the money. So for them, it's not a risk for somebody else paying 324 million. That's a risk, but, uh, uh, the guy was fantastic, uh, amazing, uh, had one of the best years and certainly uh, second halves we've ever, ever seen. And, uh, so I, you know, I think that will work out. It could work in the, the Yankee people were celebrating in San Diego. They were pretty excited. Uh, and, uh, you know, even though Brian Cashman was telling people that he got his butt kicked, he was uh, deep down thrilled to get the guy that they had targeted from the start. Uh, to me, the risk, and I, you know, it's hard for me to say this because Mike Rizzo has not missed on a pitching decision, I think, ever, uh, would be Strasburg. At 31 years old, with the Tommy John in the past, uh, durability up and down a bit, a fantastic pitcher, really learned how to pitch, uh, his control, uh, command, unbelievable. Uh, World Series MVP, I get it, but $245 million for a 31-year-old pitcher. He did have the record there for about 24 hours until Cole signed. Uh, he he basically set up the Cole deal, so give him credit for that. But uh, to me, that's the one with the risk, to go seven years on a pitcher that's going to be 32 next year. Well, let's get into some other uh, free agent names. There's some still some big names out there. You had already mentioned Josh Donaldson, but you have Dallas Keiko out there. Hyunjin Ryu, Castellanos, who I think is one of the most underrated players in all of baseball. Marcelo Zuna, who's getting up there in age a little bit. Will Harris, 
give us an update on, on some of these guys and where do you think might be a possible fit for some of these guys? Because I really didn't see Castellanos staying out there that long uh, and definitely did not see Dallas Keuchel staying out there that long because of the need for starting pitching. We just talked about that. Uh, what's your take on some of these guys? Yeah, I mean, it feels like Donaldson is going to come to a head pretty soon. Washington, from what I understand, has been very aggressive. They they appear to be willing to go four years, which could result in a deal for $100 million or very close to it. He's in excellent shape. Uh, uh, once uh, Moustakis and Rendon came off the board, um, Donaldson, very popular guy out there. I know the Twins are in and the Dodgers are in to some degree. Texas is in to some degree, but it feels like an NL East battle. I could be proven wrong. This is on... Uh, tape for some people and uh, you know but it does feel like it's a probably a Nats Braves battle the Nats are not afraid to go big and in this case this is the, the guy they want to replace Rendon they were still in on Rendon so we know they've got 200 million plus sitting around and you only have to probably pay half of that as I just mentioned to get Donaldson so it feels like the Nats will be the high bidder uh I hadn't heard that the Braves were willing to go four years. It'll be interesting to see if they do. Alex Anthopoulos, Anthopoulos, their GM, has obviously made hay twice with deals for Donaldson, and Donaldson uh, recognized that and I'm sure appreciates that. Uh, He was a star in Toronto for Alex. And, uh, again, last year a great signing for the Braves on a one-year deal. But Alex has shown that he doesn't like to go long. So, uh, you know, the word is that they prefer to do three, whether they do four, we're not sure. If they do four, I think they'll get them. Uh, but those are the two teams that seem most prominent. The Dodgers have good taste. They always go for the best players because those are the ones that can improve their excellent roster. But they feel like they come up short on everybody but their own players. So I'll be surprised if he ends up in the, there, but they are in the in their pitching. I think Texas is willing to go three years. I, I mean, I'm not sure that's going to get it done. They do have the advantage of the no state tax. Uh, Minnesota has been in there as well. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're trying, but I, I think that would be a surprise as well. I'm not going to count anything out, but it uh, feels like that one may go pretty soon. And uh, Ryu could be the other one that could go fairly soon. I'm get, hearing he's getting some very good offers. And, uh, you know, he, he may, frankly, uh, beat Bumgarner, even though he's older and not in as great a shape and has not been as consistent uh, as Bumgarner. But again, I, I think Bumgarner was a bargain in this market where you may actually uh, do as well or, or better. And uh, of course, he's got the uh, Blue Jays, uh, the Twins and the Dodgers. I think the Braves have checked in. Not sure what the likelihood is there. Again, they don't like to go long. So uh, those are the next two that may go. But as you mentioned, there are several other good players still out there. Ozuna's still out there. Uh, Castellanos still out there and uh, Keuchel still out there. So uh, still got, uh, even though we had three superstars signing at the winter meetings, we still have uh, about a half dozen really, really good players. And of course, about 150 others that are still waiting for jobs. John, am I missing something here with the Dodgers? Why are they so in on a third baseman? Last time I checked, they had a pretty darn good one in Josh Turner. They just wanted to move him to first and keep Bellinger in the outfield. Is that the deal? Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I, I don't get it. Uh, they have really good position uh, players all over the map, and uh, Turner is one of the best. But uh, I, I guess Turner has given the okay for him to go ahead and be switched to first base or second base, and uh, I, he's a free agent in the year. So, um, you know, he's he's opened it up and let them 
look at these guys, these third basemen who had signed very long deals and then seemed to make Turner less desirable to sign beyond this next year. So I, it's very generous of Turner to do this. He's a great team player. He's been fantastic for them, but I'm with you. I think Turner is fantastic. They should keep him at third and uh, concentrate on the pitching, maybe get Ryu back. I thought Cole was the guy for them because they, they've struggled in the postseason compared to the, the regular season. They've been as good as anybody. They're consistent. They're excellent. They have a deep roster, uh, but some of their guys, frankly, have had struggled in the postseason and uh, to have that number one starter, uh, Cole, I, to me, that would have been a difference maker for them. They're, they're looking at Hayter, too, as Ken Rosenthal said, and uh, that could be another difference maker for them because, uh, obviously, Jansen was not quite himself last year, and uh, uh, that would be a big play for them, to me, more than Donaldson, if they could get Hayter, and they have the prospects uh, to do it. Yeah, that's the thing with the Dodgers. I mean, talk about a, a- – uh, embarrassment of riches. These guys, they just keep finding these guys and bringing them up. And it's not like these guys just come up and just play. I mean, these guys are producing uh, like Gavin Lux's uh, puck. All these guys come up there and they just they just do their job. But uh, their their player development is off the charts, and they've been able to sustain this and do this. Uh, that just gives them so much leverage if they want to go out there and get a bigger name. I think the the, the biggest pieces they're missing the Dodgers are. are Back end bullpen pieces. I think uh, Canley Jansen is, you know, close to the end of the velocity. Just has never never come back. Um, and I think it's it's the time for them to go out and get that mainstay in the back end. But they have the pieces to trade to go out and get one of these guys. Yeah, I mean the player development for the Dodgers is excellent, and there's no question about that. In fact, I think they called up eight or nine rookies last year, highly coveted uh, and sought after rookies. And uh, under Dave Roberts, who does a terrific job bringing these guys along, every one of them was productive, obviously to, to varying degrees, but uh, they all produced for them. And you know everybody asks for Lux. Uh, the middle infielder uh, who happens to be from Wisconsin, a rare player from Wisconsin. And, uh, you know, I haven't heard this, but, uh, you know, if they're going to, if Milwaukee's going to trade Hader, Lux is the guy for them to go get. I mean, uh, a second base shortstop uh, from the Kenosha area. I mean, that, that couldn't be any better uh, for them if they could do it. Now, LA is kind of balked on Lux with, with everything else, but I'm with you. Hader would be a big plus. They have signed Trinan who was a great closer in 2018. If he can recapture any of that uh, in 2020, that'd be a big plus. We've heard they're in the Tansas as well. We will see. I know Philly and some others are uh, too. But uh, yeah, I, I think they need to look at pitching. The position players are uh, pretty incredible as they stand. And I'm with you on Turner. I'd leave him alone. Even if he's generous, and he is, willing to, to move, uh, I'd leave him yeah. alone at third. He's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get to let's let's tip into the the, the rumor mill. Uh, there's some some guys that are in the last year of their contract. Well, I say their potential free agents at the end of the 2020 season. You have Starlin Marte, Francisco Lindor, who I think is going to fetch the biggest price out there. Mookie Betts. Um, there's some different teams here that might be going in different directions. You have the Red Sox that are notorious for spending a lot of money. But they maybe want to get back in this little bit more of uh, farm development and player development and bringing up some younger guys where they don't have to pay these extravagant contracts. Uh, you have any rumors on where Marte or Lindor might go? Yeah, Mar- Marte has been uh, linked uh, to the Mets and the and the Padres. And I've heard the Diamondbacks are showing interest as well. Um, there are uh, several teams looking at the outfield, uh, including uh, the Reds, uh, potentially uh, the White Sox. Uh, potentially the Cubs, though I haven't heard them linked to Marte. Uh, you know, I think uh, Pittsburgh 
uh, is really seriously looking uh, to trade Marte. And, uh, you know, they need to rebuild. They have a new regime in there now, and they understand the situation. Uh, to me, they should probably trade uh, Adam Frazier uh, as well. He had a nice year last year, and it's uh, very co- coveted. And uh, even Josh Bell, uh, I haven't heard his name out there, but why not? I mean, you, they've got to go even younger and really rebuild the way they really don't spend on the market. We know they're not in there for the big free agents. Uh, they need to kind of reset, I think. And I think they probably understand that. Uh, Lindor, we've heard the Dodgers connected. Again, Lux and, and uh, May are the, are the names that everybody wants, that uh, Cleveland should, definitely wants. Lindor has a big value because he has two years to go, and he's a, one of the best five players in the game. Uh, but my understanding is at least the Cleveland baseball people really do not want to trade Lindor. They traded Bauer. Uh, they've traded mm-hmm. Kluber. They've traded some big pieces. But Kluber, I understand. I mean, they, they have so many good young pitchers uh, led by Clevenger, whose name you see out there. But I, I don't see any reason why they should trade him. Uh, but they have uh, Plesak and uh, Savali and uh, uh, Bieber. Uh, they've really done a terrific job drafting and developing young pitching. And uh, they're set up pretty well uh, to try to win the next two years. So, I, you know, I'm still going to be surprised if Lindor is traded. Uh, I know the Dodgers are in there pitching. Bets, we really haven't heard teams connected. And uh, to me, maybe something will change. But uh, you hear more about David Price these days. And uh, I just thought Bets was going to be tough because he's going to make $30 million. We're talking about one year to free agency. Lindor's got yeah. two years. So, uh, you know, I, I just I, – I, I see that as a long shot. Does someone give up the – the value for, again, he's one of the top 10 players in the game easily, uh, maybe one of the top five, uh, to give up the value for him and then pay $30 million for one year uh, And when you know the guy wants to be a free agent. He's not willing to sign with Boston, who obviously has the money, so he's not signing anywhere. I mean, at least if you get Lindor, yeah. you might be able to sign him long term. Uh, you have the two years, and you know Cleveland can't sign him. So that's the difference between the two. The other name that you hear out there who's a st- big star is Chris Bryant. I think they need to wait till it's resolved, uh, the grievance I'm talking about. Uh, he's hoping to be a free agent in one year, uh, claiming service time and manipulation when they waited uh, the nine games to call him up in 2015. Uh, the likelihood is he will lose that and he will still have two years left. With two years left with Chris Bryant, uh, he's still going to have big value. But again, he's in that bets ballpark, I think, where he's going to become a free agent no matter what. I don't think you could sign him. Lindor, you have a shot. You have the two years, plus you could sign him. So his trade value is immense. Uh, whereas Bryant, it feels like even if you get the two years, that'll be it because uh, – He's in that category where he's looking forward to free agency. Yeah, you're looking at Mookie Betts, as you mentioned, 30, 30 million for, for the upcoming season. That's that's awful uh, steep price. I think he's going to get somewhere in between Mike Trout money and Bryce Harper money. That would be my guess. Um, that's, you know, depending on how many years that there, someone wants to sign him for. But that's going out on a big limb to get one guy for that one-year deal at, at it's such a steep price tag, but he is a game changer. As you mentioned, he definitely could be one of the top five players in all of baseball. Uh, he's got a flair for the dramatic. He can play the outfield. He can run the bases. He'll steal your base and obviously, uh, you know, hit a home run when, when needed to. But uh, there's some, there's some big names. I'm anxious to see what some of these ball clubs do, because I think a lot of ball clubs out there are just missing that one piece, you know, where you look at maybe like a Philadelphia Phillies, I think, desperate need of a center fielder uh you know that might be a a fit right there for for the phillies um you know they're making some changes you mentioned john middleton a very uh guy that's really in on everything and wants to win now 
that's why they made the changes they did. Went out and got Didi Gregorius and Zach Wheeler. And, and the biggest managerial change, I think, is going to be the best for any ball club. I know there's a lot. There were eight teams, John. It just blows my mind. Eight teams that needed a manager at the end of the season. I, I, I It blows my mind. But I think the Phillies got a great one in Joe Girardi. I think he's going to be the uh, really a, a difference maker here in Philly. Yeah, I mean, Girardi and certainly Madden with the Angels, uh, I mean, those are the slam dunk home runs. You're taking no risk there. Uh, both been highly successful managers. Uh, both have won a World Series. Uh, very experienced, very smart guys. Um, and certainly the Angels knew Joe Madden very well. He was a bench coach there and was in the minor leagues there for a long time as a manager and before that as a catcher. Uh, mm -hmm. Believe it or not, he was a catcher. Uh, so they are, know him very well. Joe Girardi feels like the one guy who really won the job with his interview uh, because, you know, the Phillies uh, had connections to Showalter, uh, Girardi, and Dusty Baker to varying degrees. And Andy McPhail had him, uh, all of them, whether it be in Chicago or Baltimore at one time. So there were connections to all. And Girardi clearly uh, blew them away in the interview. Uh, that was a big part of it, and uh, there may have been more to it than that, but uh, that was the only one where I felt like the interview process was really the key. Everybody else hired somebody that they knew extremely well. I mean, Madden, again, went way, way back with Artie Moreno, with the Angels. Jace Tingler uh, was with Texas, with A.J. Preller, now in San Diego as their manager. Uh, Carlos Beltran, very close to Omar Minaya and to Allard Baird in New York. Uh, you know, it's felt like everybody hired somebody they knew. And that's how you get jobs in this world, uh, kids out there, is that through networking, uh, not through the interview. That's not the through truth. the interview. And the Mets – the Mets had interviewed people three and four times. Girardi interviewed three times there, and they were never going to hire him. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Eduardo Perez interviewed four times there. Uh, I think Pat Murphy three or four times. Shelton, who got a job in Pittsburgh, had a little connection there uh, with Charrington, and uh, I think that's a good hire. I think he'll do well uh, in Pittsburgh. But I heard his interview was fantastic with the Mets, but they didn't hire him. They hired Carlos Beltran because that's the guy that they knew best. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And then you take someone like David Ross, who has no managerial experience at all. Uh, a lot of these guys on this ball club, he won a World Series with a few years ago. Where do you see that landing for David Ross? Do you think he'll have success there in Chicago? Yeah, well, he's a, a great leader, and it's not, no surprise that they picked him. I think that Theo gave a tell when he was talking about the process early on, and he referred to him as Rossi. Uh, you know, once you get, get the nickname from the guy who's making the hire, I think you're you're probably in good shape. I mean, yeah. the guy's been a fantastic leader. Uh, the question is, he was his personal close friends with John Lester and Anthony Rizzo and many others. Can he now make the trans transition to becoming their employer rather than their friend? That's the question. It's right. not easy, but uh, if anybody could do it, he probably can. Uh, I, I did like that hire. Uh, you know, I, to me, the gambles to me were Beltron in New York. I mean, anybody knew it was going to be a gamble in New York. No offense to Beltron. Uh, that's a tough one. And particularly if the Houston thing turns up anything on him, again, I think the players, uh, you know, may not be so likely to be suspended. But if, if Beltran starts out with a suspension, uh, that's a rough start in New York. So, uh, you know, for his sake, hopefully that doesn't occur. But uh, the MLB is working hard on that. Uh, Tingler, to me, was a, a gamble. I mean, out of nowhere, A.J. Preller, I mean, I wouldn't say out of nowhere, maybe, because people who knew A.J. Preller knew that he liked him very much. And uh, Preller needs to win now. And uh, to bring in a guy with no experience, uh, it's a gamble. Now, he knows him. He feels comfortable with him. And that's uh, really how guys get hired. As we said, 
but to me, that felt like a gamble, uh, particularly with uh, them getting uh, other inexperienced guys for their coaching staff. They brought in Ron Washington, one of the other uh, managerial interviewees for San Diego. Uh, that really would have made sense. But Washington wasn't going to move from Atlanta to San Diego, go from a, a winning team to a maybe team uh, and, and take a job with a team that uh, rejected him for the managerial opening. So uh, that wasn't going to work out. But, you know, to me, the gambles were in New York and in San Diego, where everybody thought they were higher experience and they both went with complete neophytes for the job. I mean, obviously, Keller's Beltron knows the game, but as a manager, he's a neophyte. And same with Tingler, who's very well liked and respected, but you don't know how someone's going to manage until they actually get in that job. Yeah, you touched on the everything that happened in Houston. This this scandal that is going on down there with the 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 the, uh, the, the cheating with the pitch selection, all that. Is this the biggest story? I mean, in, in Major League Baseball in, in quite a while. <laughs> well, it's definitely the bi- biggest scandal in Major League Baseball in a while. I mean, going back to the maybe steroid era, uh, which is probably bigger. But this for a single scandal story, uh, obviously huge. A uh, huge deal. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, Manfred signaled after uh, punishing the Red Sox uh, for the Apple Watch uh, scenario uh, in 2017, where they basically got a slap on the wrist that he he was going to be uh, much more draconian uh, the next time something like this came up. And while this was the same year, uh, this is the next one that's come up. So I don't know whether he's going to give them pointers because points because uh it, it happened almost simultaneously with the apple watch but uh it, you know it didn't come to light until now so uh you know they, i think they're in for some suspensions uh likely and uh, uh potentially losses of draft choices i mean fine that does nothing major league baseball teams uh, are all making money and uh, particularly big market team like houston that's performed so well and uh uh, got into the World Series twice to Game Seven twice, one, one for two there. Uh, you know, as fine is not going to do it if they find find wrongdoing. And if you look at the tapes, it looks like there is. I mean, I don't like to prejudge anything, but it looks like there is. Uh, I think we'll see some suspensions, and uh, I'm not sure it's going to involve any players though. Um, more likely front office or uh, uh, managerial coaching staff and uh, loss of draft choices, which really that hurts a team uh, going forward. It sure does. And Jim Crane, you know, he just won the award for Houston Executive of the Year for the Houston Sports Awards. Uh, you know, it's hard to believe that, you know, after all this is going on, I look at it, you know, having been dead smack in the middle of the steroid era, I look at this differently because, okay, was everyone doing steroids? Well, I don't want to say everyone, but a lot of guys are doing steroids. Was everybody giving signs away? Yeah, as much as you possibly can without getting caught. But it seems like with the steroids, no one said anything about it. But with this, someone blew the whistle, like someone actually said something about it. So I look at it kind of differently from that aspect. Uh, I remember I was standing on second base. Texas was in and, uh, you know, I got the signs of second base, hands on for a fastball, hands off for for an off-speed pitch. And A-Rod caught me stealing them and he went in, they changed the signs. He came back out to me and said, oh, you think you're so slick, don't you? You know, it's been going on forever, right? I mean, it it, it has been. But I finally, it, it was so egregious, and I did see the tape. And again, I don't want to, like you said, prejudge anybody, but it was so egregious, the fact that, okay, something needs to get done because this is obviously something is going down. 
Wow, that's interesting. You you were caught uh, stealing signs by A-Rod. That's <laughs> like being caught robbing a bank by John Dillinger. I mean, uh, yeah, that's a great story, Ben. I got to give you credit there. Uh, you know, this has been gone forever. I'm sure you did it in what I would consider the legit way. You didn't, there wasn't any... Uh, uh, trash cans banging or anything like that. You know, to me, uh, if you can steal signs legitimately, and, and Beltron and Alex Cora and many other guys are just fantastic at it, and it gives them an edge, and that's acceptable. But when you bring technology or trash cans in there, you're, you're in trouble. Uh, that's not good. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, technology's but I'm ex- fine, but come on with the trash cans. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, it's amazing. Nobody <laughs> noticed this earlier, and nobody would have if Mike Fires hadn't spoken up, and good for him. And uh, to me, it's a little surprising with guys switching teams the way they do now and relationships uh uh being uh not always being perfect and when a guy switches a team he might have been traded he might not have done well with the other team they may not have liked him uh to me it's a little shocking that he's the first guy uh, who blows the whistle but we we see in uh in the world what happens to whistleblowers they're, they're not always treated that well uh in his case he's got some major guts and i give him credit for doing that i, I appreciate all whistleblowers yeah, I think, uh, you know, like I said, you, like you said, you got to tip your cap to him. I think there is this uh, the fine line there because my dad and I had this discussion all the time. And dad's like, if you can get away with it, get away with it. I said, dad, I agree. But to a certain extent, if you do it the right way, like if, if a pitcher, if you're going first sign out there, you get a pitcher ran on second base, you're going first sign every time, then you deserve to get, I, I think, to get the signs t- stolen from you. Right. And you got to make it, you got to change it up here a little bit. But, but if you're going to, a different extent, like you said, using technology in, in such a fashion, then yeah, you're crossing that line. You're taking the integrity out of the game. That needs to stay in the game. And I think that, you know, the Astros will see what comes about of this. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm going to defer to you on that because you, you play the game and uh, you understand what should be allowed and not allowed, but it does feel that uh, it looks like we don't know for sure that uh, they crossed the line. We will see. Uh, MLB is working on it. Uh, they need to have a decision uh, before spring training. I think everybody in baseball at this point, no matter who you were rooting for, and I think a lot of people were rooting for the Nats anyway, uh, I think everybody in baseball is relieved that the Nats were able to win game seven and we're not looking at the Astros being a two time champion in the last three years uh, with what's gone on. Yeah, you look at some of these teams, though, you look at the, the Astros and how they continue. I mean, you talk about a couple teams, but we talked about the Dodgers already, the Astros, the Nats. You're talking about teams that are built for success for years to come. Uh, and the way they've gone about it, obviously, I don't agree. You know, it's been done in the NBA for years, you know, the, the tanking system. But you got to give credit to these teams like the Astros that, okay, they didn't, they drafted well, they, they, they brought their players through the farm system and they were built for success for a long time. They have obviously the right man at the helm and AJ Hinch, who I think is just does a phenomenal job with all those superstars on that ball club. But, you know, you got to tip your cap to these, some of these teams that have done it, you know, kind of the, the old fashioned way, you know, you, you bring guys up and you just keep producing from that farm system. Um, I think it's really a model for a lot of other ball clubs to look at. Uh, you look at a, a team like the Philadelphia Phillies here that farm production and player development has been such has been lacking for so many years. That's why you're seeing a lot of these, you know, you have to go out and buy a Bryce Harper. You have to go out and buy a Zach. They have been able to develop a couple guys. They go out and trade for JT Real Muto. So I think player development, it's only going to save your 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 system in the long run and, and keep the expenses down. Yeah, I mean, if you could do it that way, that's fantastic. If you can't, you have to go out and buy the players, as you mentioned, even uh 
teams that do a nice job overall with development sometimes have weaknesses. The Boston has not really developed a ton of pitchers. Uh, the, the Cubs have not developed a ton of pitchers. Uh, you know, the Astros and the Cubs both benefited by uh, playing poorly. Uh, you might want to call it tanking for a while, and that strategy obviously worked for them. Uh, there were a couple teams that are kind of trying it now. We'll see if it works for them. I'm not sure it's going to be uh, as uh, fruitful. It's It felt like in the, the, the Astros' time, uh, there was a, a big gap between uh, – uh, how much money was allotted the losing the real real losers in baseball and the others in terms of the draft and Houston really took advantage of that uh, they actually missed on a couple of drafts uh, uh, with with very high picks uh, uh, Houston did Appel uh, Mark Appel pitcher out of Stanford everyone thought was going to mm-hmm. be a star uh, never made it at all and that Brady Aiken had that had that elbow situation he has yet to make it as well he's with another team. Uh, now, after they were unable to sign him, so they actually missed on two uh, two number one picks and still uh, did fantastic with the draft. And you know what? Their their cupboard wasn't as bare as most of us made it out to be when they got there. Uh, George Springer was already there when Jeff Luno came in as as GM. Uh, Jose Altuve already there. Now he's become a much better player uh, in mm-hmm. this new regime. Uh, Dallas Keuchel, who's no longer there, uh, had been there as well. So they they had three. Uh, very big stars that were in there, even though they were terrible, awful team, they still had three huge stars. That's that I think is the issue right now with Baltimore, Detroit, some of these other teams that are trying to build their way back. Uh, We don't know that uh, they have three huge stars on the major league roster right now. And, you know, I think they have good prospects in in some cases, but uh, we don't know that they have a given talents as, as Houston actually did, as you look back on it. Well, John, we appreciate you coming on today's show. We covered a lot of topics, and I'm anxious to see where some of these remaining free agents go. Uh, as you said earlier in the in the show, they could go. You know, with, as soon as this is this podcast is is done, they could yeah. have guys signing. So uh, there's still a lot out there. I'm anxious to see what some of these teams do to to try and improve themselves. But we really appreciate you coming on today, and and to all you listening, thanks for listening to Radio.com Sports Big Time Baseball presented by radio.com sports. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast by searching big time baseball. You can also find it on Twitter at RDC sports until next time. I'm Ben Davis alongside John Heyman. Have a great day. The following is a presentation of radio.com sports. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.